everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. And I'm Joanne Reed. Well, at least we're not going to be chewing on this episode. We're going to try. We have food, but we are not going to eat no. into the microphone. Absolutely not. We, we have refuse. learned that lesson because yes. we love our listeners. So welcome to another episode of Read This, Read That. That's fake <laughs> chewing. That's fake That's chewing. Muppet That's Muppet chewing. Isn't that Muppet <laughs> chewing? That's Muppet I used to chew. love about Ernie and Bert. Whenever they would eat a peanut butter and banana sandwich, they'd go... <laughs> I used to love that. I love that whole controversy with Bert and Ernie over whether or not they were gay or of just Of course they're a couple. Roommates. It's clear that they're a couple. <laughs> ah, so funny. So clear. Okay, so what's your wine down to? Oh my goodness. So we're here at the beautiful Moxie Hotel, the Foxy yes. Moxie, and I'm about to drink a Foxy Moxie. Right, right. In honor, in homage. What's in the Foxy Moxie? It's, you know, it's very grapefruity and pomegranate So I think it's got Ooh. like a sort of a grapefruit vodka and mm-hmm. then some kind of grapefruit thing and some fabulous. pomegranate liqueur. It's fabulous. Oh. And it's pink and That's it's Foxy. It's foxy. <laughs> it's foxy. Who doesn't want something foxy? You know, we're going to get to the age where we start talking like that. It's so foxy. And you've already got some cute glasses. I'm going to get some really enormous glasses when I'm old. I'm going to go to like an afro look with like a really like, you know, like my auntie has a snow white afro. Right, right. And I'm going to have big glasses. I'm going to say it's foxy. <laughs> it's foxy at the it's moxie. foxy at the moxie. That's what we're going to be like. That's how we're going to be when we old. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. So, why don't you get out? So, this week was um, the last one's birthday. You know, my kids are two years apart. Space, baby I love spacing. that. You're going to have to name them thing one, thing two, and thing three. I think I will. Well, let's do that. I will. So thing so three was birthday. Okay. So thing three turned 19. Okay. And decided that uh, thing three did not. Well, we did a little family dinner the day before. With the parents. With the parents. Right. And with the with the brother and sister. Um, and then thing three decided, you know what? I don't want to really hang out with you guys during my birthday. Oh. Yeah. So he wanted a room at the Moxie, where we are right now. Okay. So he did his birthday with his friends at the Moxie. It was a very an adventure. I love the people here at the Moxie. They're very, very nice. It's a great space. It's a great space. And they really were very helpful in trying to get it together. But it's very complicated doing an in-between birthday, meaning not an 18, which is sort of a milestone, and not a right. 21, which is a legal age milestone right. in the middle in the 1920 space they can't get drinks legally so you can't put them at the bar yeah you can't put them on the rooftop because it's for 21 and up yeah. so we had to try to figure out a way to get them to have this fabulous birthday party without it being too fabulous and without you know what I mean. being here and without me being here chaperone at all the only thing i came down was to swipe my credit card for the room <laughs> to pay for everything but that of was course. it so yeah so thing three had his birthday so now i officially have a 19, a 21, and a 23. They're almost all old enough to be responsible for their own selves. Oh, boy. Isn't that the best? I mean, and the thing is, is I, I like the fact that they're at that age when I'm still young enough to walk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my, without I, a cane without a cane my arthritis hasn't kicked in yet i don't have like the rheumatism i don't no have menopause. none of that yeah because that's what I, we had him so we had him on you know, i had all my kids under 30 so i'm still sprightly enough that i can be foxy at the moxie at the moxie foxy. clink clink clinkity clink 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 we just got our wine down since we're drinking what wine are you drinking i'm drinking a foxy moxie what are I'm you drinking i'm having a shiraz blend oh, i don't know good. what else is in here i think a cab but it is delicious because i usually get them all back that's like my go-to Same. red wine but they the waitress here said no yeah try it's, the shiraz i don't know if you're like me but the, when i uh, i love red wine i'm I a do red too. girl i'm all red right now and i was always a shiraz girl i always drank shiraz until i tried malbec and then i'm all malbec all the way can I tell you, I have not been able to go back to champagne since I had that hangover situation. No. Is it like psychological? I don't know. Oh it's my just God. like with me, when I get sick, as I did that evening and slash that morning, mm-hmm. 
I if I get sick off of something, I can't like it's why I stopped before I became vegan. I stopped eating ice cream years ago because said, I had a bad batch of ice cream yeah. that made me terribly you can still ill. Still have Prosecco in St. Germain though, right? Not right now. See, what's interesting that you say that because I'm that way with tequila. I got sick off tequila the me first time too. I ever got really drunk, and I can't even smell it. Oh, I can't. If I smell tequila, I will. My mouth will start to water up, and yes, not in a good. Way. I start getting nauseous. I yeah. cannot stand tequila because of that. Way. I think it's psychological, but it also it. Comes no, physical. it's physical. Mine, it comes right. If I drink tequila, it comes right back up. Same. Unless I drink it, it pure tequila in Mexico, I can actually stomach. <laughs> Let me tell you, because I, I went on a tour in Mexico, right. a tequila place, and I was telling the guy there, our tour guide, I can't drink tequila. It makes right. me sick. He's like, I bet you can drink this tequila. He said, because the tequila in the United States, it's different. They do something to it that right. kind of cheapens it. Even if you're getting top of the line, XO, all that stuff. Right. He, oh wait, that's that's something else. Well, anyway, even yeah. if you get we get the point. Like, you get what I'm talking about. But it, you it's, yeah, I don't know it's my it has a smell. But when I drank it there, I hmm. did not in Mexico. I did not get sick. Interesting. All right, what's your wind down? Well, my wind down is you know we're very close to Halloween. I love your wind down. By I the know. Way. And what is it about white people in Halloween? Is it <laughs> is it crazy to say, honey? Let me tell you, my team at my TV show they get so excited. I'm the only black person. Why? In my because office. they get to dress up as uh, we have to dress up. My co-host okay. and I, but they just love doing Halloween. I'm. I'm not a big fan of dressing up for Halloween. I was when I was a kid. I'm not against people who do that, but I'm just I just don't get excited about it. But you know, I love spiritual, paranormal, yes. paranormal, all kinds of things like that. So I just wanted to talk about two interviews that I have coming. Okay, out. tonight. I, you know, it. when you said what is it about white people hungry, I thought you were going to go to the blackface situation. So thank you for not. Doing no, that. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. That's go coming on. up. Stand by for Please the big move on. conversation. Mm-hmm. No, so I'm just talking about these two interviews. So on Joiner on Friday and on my podcast on Serious Progress, John 127, this weekend, I am interviewing um, some women that created something called Black Witch University, where they offer classes for women that are witches so they can learn how to perfect their craft. But do you have to already be a witch or can you become a witch through the class? I think it's both. I think if you're interested in it and you want to take these classes, because it was interesting because I interviewed this woman before and she talks about how you know, it, it really goes back to our roots in Africa with herbs. Yeah, the Yoruba religion. Yes, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, you know, even if you're West Indian, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of that. So they, they talk about that. They talk about, they teach all of these different kinds of classes, but they say they are good witches. Okay. And they don't welcome any negative energy. Because, you know, I we, we, we have stories from my, the West Indian side of my family of, of people who, like a woman who wanted a man, right? And this is the story my godmother always told me from Jamaica. Yeah. There's a woman who wanted this man so badly. What'd she do? So what she did was she got a hair from his hairbrush and buried it in the backyard, which is supposedly the way you can catch a man. In her backyard in, or his backyard? In her backyard. She took, it, she took the hair from his, snuck a hair when she went to his house, to went home, buried the hair in her backyard and to make the man come to her. But when she got it, she got him. It actually worked, but their life was miserable. So the one thing about spells in Obia, this is yeah. at least the West Indian version of this voodoo, like Obia, mm-hmm. is that there's always a dark side to every spell. So you have to be prepared for the consequences. So she got this man, but it was a nightmare. It was oh. terrible. She couldn't get rid of him. Oh, wow. Because she did a spell. 
Wow. So you got to be careful. That's interesting. Well, the witches of Black Witch University say they only do it for good. Okay. They only do positive things, and so only positive results come from what they do. So these are not the women who try to put a spell on Brett Kavanaugh? Well, there is that. No, those are white witches. Oh, Yeah, okay. those are white women, but, you know. But yeah. I'm also interviewing this woman who's in Hollywood ev- executive who's also a ghost photographer. I love this story. And a medium. And she talks about how when she grew up, she was never into psychics and all that kind of stuff. But after her mother died... She was having dinner with friends, and mm-hmm. one friend knew a psychic. They called the psychic on the phone, put her on speakerphone, and she was like, I'm going to do a reading for all of you. And she told the woman, your mother's here and your father's here. And she, they both were deceased. And she was saying, I'm talking to them. And she told this woman specific things um, that only her parents would know or only her parents would say. And so she became a believer through that. And through that, she started this journey into mm-hmm. becoming a medium. And really, she studied with psychics and other people and really honed her craft right as a medium she does if there are ghosts in your homes or negative spirits in your homes, she can come and do a cleansing she's still this executive in holly like a movie a top movie executive in hollywood she will come and do that if there's this you ever hear of um there's something called like um some kind of paralysis people experience in bed you heard of this yes and uh, there there's this common story among a lot of people that tell this story of waking up and many of you out there may have experienced this you wake up and you feel like you can't move like something's holding you down yes she said a lot of people who talk about that story say that there is a man with a hat on and they said that that's where Wes Craven got the story of Freddy Krueger wow. from those stories I don't know if he experienced or heard it from people so they say that that's a negative energy it's a negative spirit um, and she, t- she, a friend of hers was going through that. She told him what to do to make, to confront that spirit, make that spirit go away Yeah. and she said when she confronted him the spirit knew that it was her telling him and the spirit told her friend to give her a message and i mean it was but she 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 was like i'm not afraid of any spirits and she no people who know and she made that spirit go away no people who know how to talk to them aren't afraid of them yeah and i totally do you believe in ghosts no I totally believe in ghosts, 100%. I don't want to believe in ghosts. Put it that way. Really? I don't want to. See, I I, I find it comforting to think that there are ghosts because it makes death because seem less fr- frightening. If there are good ghosts, then there are bad ghosts. That's I agree my that. whole issue. And I've lived in haunted houses. So I've, I what? grew up, uh, yes, ma'am, I have lived in at least two houses. That and you I, stayed there as a black person? I was a child. We didn't have a choice. And, I'm you know, my mother my wasn't afraid did. of them. She and the wasn't? thing is, no, West Indian, West, there's a thing about West Indians because Jason has some family members who have some haunted houses. And They'll run them. They'll say, run way goes. They'll just run them. They don't, they're not afraid of them. Because basically they believe in the spirit world, but their thing is you just have to stand up to them and run them and make them run away. Yeah, that's what this woman believes. She said, because we have actual bodies and they don't that we have the power we have the power and she says you can't be afraid and you have to challenge them and in the back i have her book here in the back of the and book noted Let me, that I, book, honey. i'm fascinated by all of this stuff but i'm also i i, I it's like i don't want to know too much because yeah. i'm afraid of it but she teaches you in here yeah I how to, to learn more and how to stand up to negative spirits um, and also how to interact with you know she talks to her mother her the death of her mother devastated her yeah um, and now she talks to her mother all the time. But how does she know she's not hallucinating? But because she did the work. She so, studied for years to know the like. Like I said, when she when that psychic met with her, yeah, um, and told her specific things, and yeah. she said even when that but evil, how can you not believe in ghosts after all of this information. 
I just they're you know, real. I don't believe everything. Ghosts are real. I don't want it to be real because if the good ghosts are there, then the bad. You there saw are the bad. Sixth sense. Of course. I, listen, I'm there not, are bad ghosts too. I'm not prepared to deal with the bad ghosts. Even let me tell you, even just dealing with this now tonight, it's my sister will have to Skype with me until I go to sleep. Will you go to see Halloween with me? No, with oh with Jason. No, no, Jason's um the other one. Halloween Wait. is Michael Myers. Michael, the scariest. See, I'll go see movie. that. Of all time. I, stuff like that, I don't mind. Okay. If it's not dealing with like spirits and biblical. Well, he might be dead. Whatever. Michael, I'm not scared of Michael. You're not scared of Michael Myers? Michael can't run. You're crazy. He can't run. He, he, and I have been watching there. The Walking Dead, so I'm ready to fight Michael. Oh. I'm ready to oh, fight whatever. Michael. Michael, Jason, I'm Freddy Krueger, I'm afraid of. You know they kill like dozens of people in a movie, right? It's a movie. Oh. I don't believe that. I, I'm not down with that. Go surreal. Mm-mm. Hashtag ghost. I don't real. know. They're Hashtag real. I don't want them to be real. real. Hashtag no. They're real. <laughs> I, w- I promise not to haunt you when I go. You won't. No. No. Come and let me know. Come and be friendly. I'll come and be foxy. Come and be foxy at the boxy. <laughs> <laughs> come and be kind. I'll be nice. You know because it's like there there is a part of me that leans into this because I want to know that you know. After I'm gone from this earth, that I can still connect with people, that there's something right. beyond that, beyond heaven. Yeah. Because I do believe in that, but that there's some way that I can communicate with people yeah. that are still here. And that's why, I mean, my mother, when my mother passed, I was devastated as well. And I like the idea, even though I did specifically tell my mother, please don't haunt me. Because I'm afraid of ghosts, but I do believe in them. Well, why wouldn't you want her to come back? I want to haunt me. Why? And so we had a lady who used to clean our house that was, you know, became a really good friend of the family. She's still a really good friend of the family who would see my mother in our old place where we lived in Brooklyn. And she would The come, place where, where we just lived. What? And she would say, she one time, she's very sensitive. There are certain people who are very sensitive to ghosts. Some people are and some people aren't. It's like the sixth sense. Like this woman, apparently, Julie Rieger. Who became this. Right. She wasn't at first. But you can make yourself sensitive. Apparently, they can show themselves to whoever's receptive to us. You can make yourself sensitive, right? I don't want to see them. I'm not going to sleep tonight thanks to all this conversation. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm afraid of ghosts, but I believe that they're real. And so this woman was in our house and she said to me, she pulled me aside. She didn't know if I was afraid or not, so she didn't really know how to approach me. And she said, you know, I just wanted to say that I feel like there's a presence in the house. And and, And she described who the person is and she says, I think it's your mother. And the way, and then... She's describing somebody who definitely sounds like my mother. And then she saw, I'd put a picture, I'd changed the frame that my mother's picture was in. And she said, who's that? And I'm like, that's your mother. She said, that's the woman I saw downstairs. Really? Yeah. How did you receive that? I was actually a little bit freaked out, but now, but then after a while, I loved the fact that that corner where she would always be, which was by the books, which is where my mother would be because she was a bookworm like me. Yeah. It just made me feel comforted that that corner of the room was sort of a so, room where my mother was. So you didn't want to get a Ouija board? Or oh God, no. Bring a Ouija si- boards are dangerous. Ne- that's what she says in this yeah. book. That's that you bring the bad spirits. Yes. Through. Because where there are spirits, there I think there are all is also evil. But this is what I'm saying. Yeah, to you don't you. want to open that portal. This is what I'm saying. You just want the good ghost and listen you know you my can't, husband you grew can't up in a haunted house. i grew up in a haunted house every time i would play the piano in the house that i lived in in denver we denver is very haunted because it's built a lot of it on native american burial ground a lot of it is they they, they desecrated like native american exactly and you just always feel like you're living on borrowed land land that was stolen that's because it whole is stolen. country the whole country. <laughs> but the whole country the west is even worse yeah it's very stolen and well, so new york New York is totally yes. right. So we two houses that I lived in in Colorado, I felt were haunted. When I was a kid, I would go down into the basement of our house, and it was just a one story with a basement. Now go down to play with my bear, whose name was Louie. 
And I would go down to play with my little stuffed animals. I had a baby that away, and I'm going down to play. How old were you? This one was really little. I was probably like six, five, six. And I would always feel like something was watching me when I was down there. And every time I would be in the basement, I would feel really cold, and I'd feel like something was watching me. That house used to scare the crap out of me. Then we moved to another house on the other side of Denver, which interestingly was the more affluent side and the blacker side. Mm. Denver's upside down, right? So there were black ghosts over there. So over there, (laughs) I don't know if they were black, white, but I know all I can tell you is the house I grew up in on the more affluent side of Denver, again, the black side, every night when I would sleep, I would hear something coming up my stairs. What do you mean something coming up your stairs? This is freaking me out. I slept on the top floor. And I would hear, you know, you hear something coming up the steps. You would hear every that? night, every night. And so I would, was, when I I would run into my mother's room, which was across the hallway, and just close my eyes and run across and jump in her bed. And she said, "You can't sleep in my bed." And I'm like, "I'm afraid." And she'd say, "Go back in your room," because I shared it with my sister. And June would sleep back? right through it. June slept through everything. She didn't hear anything. I would hear it. And I'm like, there's someone coming in my room, and it, I hear it come to the stairs, right to the door of the room, and it doesn't come in. But I hear that it's stopping right at the door, and I'm afraid. And my mother said, all you have to do is tell the ghost, run away. Put a Bible under your pillow, say your prayers, you'll be fine. So I put a Bible under my pillow, and it kind of stopped. Then it started again. And I got to tell you, Jackie Reed, one night, I'm sleeping. I have my Bible under my pillow. I hear the thing come upstairs again. It started again. I'm like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. And I'm praying, oh, my God, please, 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 please. This thing doesn't stop at the door. It comes into the room. Whatever it is, I heard it walk into the room. And I felt like something was standing over my bed all night. I pinned myself under my covers and would not let any air into the covers. And I just stayed that way all night, just terrified, terrified. And to this day, I still tend to sleep with my covers over my head because I am afraid. I mean, I don't. my thing with ghosts is I believe them, but I don't want to see them. So I didn't want to see whatever it was. I just stayed under the covers. But I did, when I, I did not hallucinate this, I felt something walk in my room. I heard it. I am so sleeping over at your house tonight. <laughs> I am not sleeping alone. My and my dogs are coming. Your dogs will alert you, by the way. Dogs are very sensitive oh, to ghosts. The worst. Oh, and by the way, your dog walker, Miss my, my daughter, yeah. when she was a baby, babies are sensitive to ghosts. Yeah. And when my daughter was a baby, in the apartment we lived in in Brooklyn, she would stare up at the ceiling. And my husband would say, oh, she probably sees spirits. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and that used to scare me because she would literally stare up at the ceiling like she's entertained by something that she can see that we couldn't see. So How I think she's like sensitive to it. even functioning? How are you, as a girl, to experience that, that you're pinned under your, if that even happened to me, I, I would freak out. This house, and this house particularly was the house where whenever I would play the piano, the room would go cold and I would feel like somebody was watching me. And if I stopped playing, it would stop. But if any time I was playing the piano, so I So why would you felt, play the piano? I had to practice. Mr. Simmons was not playing. What? Mr. Simmons, my piano teacher, he was a black man who was extremely sedity and he would say, Joanne, did you practice your Beethoven? And I'd say, well, Mr. Simmons, you know, I was kind of scared. I don't want to hear your excuses. Play your Beethoven. So I'd have to play. So I had to practice because Mr. Simmons didn't play. I am like, my heart has stopped with this series of stories. My life is weird. About your haunted <laughs> life. Haunted life. Oh, my God. Oh, I, you should hear. If, if Jason ever comes in here, my husband, his or worse. Moving on. 
I, I, I'm done. I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm not. This is why. Like, I can watch a slasher movie or anything, but anything dealing with the paranormal. and yeah. Like, I can watch zombies all day, vampires, yeah. da, 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 it ain't real. You watch The Walking Dead. All the time. But anything dealing with ghosts and spiritual things and, oh, Girl, call your path. You'll be out. fine. You just, have to, you just have to shout them down. Well, what, she, what this woman says in this book is that the Lord's Prayer is very, poly, very, powerful. very powerful. So I say that every night before I go to bed, and yep. I say it when I get up. Anyway, yep. you know, just being a Christian, so maybe that's well. what protects me. And the, and on, honestly, and it did work, and anytime my kids were always afraid when they were kids, I would always tell them, and it does work, the Bible under the pillow. I slept with the Bible under my pillow all the time growing up once that started, and it really does help. Yeah, but you have to. You have you, to say your prayers, though. but you have to have conviction with it, and you, you have can't to believe just it. Go and get a you Bible. You can't just and recite stick it, it. Under there. right? No. You have to. You have believe to have conviction, it. and you say your prayers. And the Lord's prayer is probably the most powerful prayer. I'm never because sleeping because Jesus Himself prayed it. Yeah, He did. So that's the. It's a powerful prayer, and you can run them. I mean, yeah. I've heard stories. That's what of this it. woman says in this yeah. book. She says you have the control. You have to stand up to them, yes. like you said. Um, your relative did. You know, tell them to get out. That's like Jason's your mom relative. Said that. She, and my yeah. mother said too, just to shout them, get out. Yeah. And you have to send them home. Send them on to the light. And say you're not welcome. And you're not. And you're it's not, not your invited. home. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's and when you, you get a new do. place, that's why you bless the place, right? Oh, I, I don't wish know if you guys do that. No, I don't do that. But this is what this woman does. Do it. She says she does house cleansing. Yes. You cleanse or you bless. Your sage place. and some other herbs. Go surreal. That's amazing. Go no, they're surreal. Not. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. You are Moving messing on. with my sleep tonight. Let's talk about uh, Megan Kelly. And I, yes. I, we both of us work for NBC. Full disclosure, we do. But it was, you know, it was extraordinary. I, I'd never. I'll be honest and say that I've never watched her show. Her show comes on at nine. I'm usually watching Stephanie Rule at that time, uh, my friend Stephanie Rule, because I more, I more watch politics than I do. I mean, I think her show she like dances and cooks and things, and I'm not interested. in that. She does some politics. She was big into the whole Me Too, real big. It was Kavanaugh, like her whole show. Yeah. So I I tend not to watch it, but I've never seen it before. But all of a sudden, all of my text messages started blowing up about this segment that she had done with my friend um, Jacob Soberoff, my colleague, and. The daughter of Jenna Bush, Joan Rivers, Jenna Bush, and, Jenna Bush. Hager, and, yeah. and um, Joan Rivers' daughter. Yeah. What's her name? Melissa. Melissa. So One, two, three, Jinx. Jinx. So I just saw the clip of it mm-hmm. when she talked about the fact, well, why can't you do blackface if you want to look like Diana Ross? Tell me, d- d- explain so it, it start, a little bit. What, it, what kicked it off was her talking about Kent University um, over in Europe. I think it's in... Um, in London or something like that. And the so high- my mother-in-law lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So she was saying that they put out a list to their students and faculty mm-hmm. of Halloween costumes that they could not dress up as. Okay. The list included um, cowboys. Mm-hmm. It, well, this is what, let me tell you what she said on okay. the air. It did include Nazis, but she didn't mention that. Mm. So it included cowboys, which I thought was interesting, Native Americans, mm-hmm. Mexicans, mm. um, and Frank. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. um, and it also I it, I don't think the list included whether or not you could dress up in blackface, right? right? But so she's talking about this, and like I don't get it, I don't get it, and even what she said about the Anne Frank costume because somebody on the show, part of her panel, said, "Well, what would that costume consist of?" And and um, Megan said, "Well, maybe you carry a diary, oh just God. kind of flipping." I I just I Boy. thought it was. 
I, I thought it was in poor taste the way that they handled the Anne Frank part of that. So she was basically saying throughout this, her whole argument was, it's Halloween. What's the big deal? The mm. whole point is to dress up as someone else, is not to be, you know, what's the big deal? So then she goes on to say, um, you know, and, you know, there, there are people who want to dress up. If you want to dress up and... She didn't say blackface, but if you want to darken your skin, mm. you know, I don't see how that's racist. Mm. What's the big deal? And Jenna uh, Bush Hager and the, the guy on there, Jacob. and even Melissa Rivers, they were all kind of like, whoa. Mm. And the guy and, and um, Jenna looked at each other and they would say, well, I think that is racist. Yeah. She was like, well, if you want to dress up like Diana Ross, who doesn't want to be Diana Ross? What's the big deal? And she was talking about um, the Countess from the Housewives of New York, the right. Real Housewives of New York, and how she dressed up as, I can't believe, I don't know if it was Diana Ross. It was like Ross a really her. over-the-top Diana Ross with a giant Afro wig. And she darkened her skin. And she did blackface. And Megan was saying, basically, I don't see what the big deal is. Mm -hmm. When I grew up, this is what we did. I okay, don't see. Put a pin in it. Megan Kelly is 47, maybe 48 years old. We don't really know the ages because in TV, it's fudgeable. Yeah, it is. Um, so she's around my age, right? We're the same generation. When we were growing up, in our shared generation, me and Megan, it was still terrible to do blackface. My mother was born in 1929. Mm. It was offensive to do blackface when my mother was a child. It's always. It's but always been here, offensive. But, but after this episode, of course, black Twitter, Twitter in general, oh, people went in. They went in. Megan, it was so bad that Megan had to come back on she the air and do an apology. Day. Oh, it was terrible. So she had to come back and apologize. And what she said was, I've been having a lot of conversations. Basically, she was saying, I didn't know better. I didn't know, but now I've talked to people and now I realize how offensive and hurtful this can be. I call foul on that because I say, how do you not know that this is offensive? I think that she knew, but just didn't care. And she that doesn't she think just, it's, she she just okay. doesn't think that it should be offensive because right. she's very much against the whole PC thing. Correct. And that's a lot of what she talked about. But I, I just... You know, now they're talking about, you know, so so she came back on with Roland Martin, who I have to say, when I first heard he was going on the show, I was like, I don't think anybody should go on the on the on the show and help this woman right. kind of get through this. Yeah, with Amy um, Holmes, with no sincere with yeah. no sincerity on her part. Yep. But I have to say I watched it in entirety and I loved what Roland had to say because he did use it as a teaching moment. He was very authentic. And Amy was too. Amy Holmes. Because I think that she and, and, and Megan might be friends, I'm not sure. Right. But what they But they're ideological on the same side. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah. So I felt like, but that still doesn't mean that Amy's not in touch with her blackness, but I don't know yeah. whether she is or isn't. And from my talking to her, she is. Okay, and I felt like the way that she expressed herself was very, very um, yeah. effective. Mm -hmm. it, at least with the audience, maybe not with Megan. Mm -hmm. um, so I was happy that that happened, but now we find out today, from what I'm hearing around the building, is that when the staff from Megan Kelly came in today, they were told to go home. Mm. And they were told that they would get an email about the future of the show mm. the the staff the you know and there are reports that the producers of the show were just when this happened like the day after it happened we're just in tears people are telling me like the executive producer they said was in her office and you could hear her crying yeah like it was people were really upset because they felt like this was the last straw and they knew they knew that when this happened based on everything else that had happened because the cast of um What's the show House on Netflix? Cards. House of Cards canceled. canceled. Yep. 
they the and they first, were already having trouble booking celebrities. They were having because of after what the Jane, with Jane Fonda, Fonda situation. Well, she read Jane Fonda. Then there were reports. It was interesting last night. Reports came out last night that her um, agency CAA that represents her dropped her or she dropped them well first all the headlines were that she they dropped her right but then when i woke up in the morning the headlines were that she dropped them right. so we don't know and then the last thing that we heard today was that nbc executives are saying to in reports that she will never be on air at nbc again because when this first happened there was talk that at the end of the season her show will end and yeah. she'll become a reporter or mm -hmm. we don't know what her role at nbc will be but she'll still be here now it's like she'll never be on the air again according to reports except that she probably will get to keep the 69 million dollars yeah so it's it's i mean listen this works out great for megan yeah she's gonna get a huge payday it's win-win it's win -win but i can't believe she has a contract where she could get away with something like that and still get paid well the re and the reality is you know the, the the thing is it just goes to show you the very different culture at fox news and nbc yeah. at fox news that would have been a non-event Oh, she could say that five nights a week. They probably and no say one it on care. a regular basis. They probably every Halloween, they, they somebody on the air says that, if not several people. Easily, easily, you can say that at. Fox and there News. are probably people who work at Fox who dress up in blackface on a regular basis. The reality is, Fox News is really speaking directly to a very specific kind of person, a white American it's who Doug feels. Right, who feels like all of this cultural change and multiculturalism is somehow infringing on your ability to be yourself. Yeah. Your ability to say what you want, write what you want, your post rights what you in this want. country. Correct. And yeah. so you feel hemmed in by multiculturalism. You feel that all the browning of America threatens you. You feel that the, you know, the Stacey Abrams of the world, the Andrew Gillums, the uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all that threatens you. The immigration threatens you if it's non-white. And being politically correct threatens, threatens you. you. Having to watch what you say. Correct. How you dress, how right. you talk about. You can't do racist jokes. No. You can't send racist and jokes. And they're offended your, by that. They're offended. And they're very upset that they don't feel that they can unleash what they think is harmless fun that for people of color is incredibly painful. I mean, blackface is incredibly painful. It was literally a way to ridicule the formerly enslaved and their descendants. But who does not know that? Everyone knows that. No, here's my thing. Okay. Maybe there are some people that are just unaware and they don't yeah. know, even though it's been in the news several times. Well, but when you people do blackface, they see But when you are a working journalist, highest paid journalist on in TV. a national platform, yeah. You cannot tell me that you have no clue, no clue yeah. that blackface is offensive. And, yeah. It's that, or is it that you just don't, you don't think it should be offensive, so you're just going to say what you want to say because you have your own stuff. I think it's the latter. I think that she comes from Fox. Look, she fit in at Fox because she is a right, she's a conservative. She's right. a right-wing conservative. She agrees with the things they agree with. And on Fox, she would have been perfectly free to say that it's, that why are black people being so sensitive about right. blackface? Why are black people hemming us in and not letting us do it? If she said that on Fox, she could have said it. But the thing is that NBC isn't Fox. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the object lessons here is that she... Never, I mean, NBC, I, and, I, and you know, we both work for the, the network. Yeah. One thing I will say is that NBC ain't that. You know, every company has its flaws, but NBC is not a place where you can feel free to right. say something like that. Right. And so she just is in a, she's at a, she's in a place where you can't say that. No. Because NBC, particularly MSNBC, but also NBC Today Show, has an incredibly diverse audience. Lots of African Americans watch the Today Show. Yeah. When Tamron Hall and Al Roker were hosting it, it had a very robust black audience, and it still does. Chanel, uh, Chanel, who works there yeah. now, Chanel is, is African American. Chanel Jones. 
you know, Craig Melvin works there. There's a big black audience that work, that that watches today. You're, I mean, it's just, she, I think she still thought she could operate the way she did at Fox and just transfer that over to NBC. But that that's a thing that only works at Fox and yeah. maybe Sinclair and Breitbart. That doesn't work anywhere else. I, anywhere else. I was shocked that she would go there. And you could see if you watch the entire interview, and it's worth going to watch online, of when she talked about these Halloween costumes, the how uncomfortable the other panelists oh, were. They I, were like, I feel even Jenna Bush Hager looked at um, yeah. your friend and was like, are we in trouble here? I think we are. And then yeah. they changed topics. It was really, an. I felt that it was an unfortunate place to put the other three guests. Because I, I thought Jenna so Bush Hager, who really tries to do, you know, she's trying to get out from under the shadow of being a Bush and people seeing her just as a Bush. She tries to thing. do her own thing. She's corresponding she for stories. the Today she's Show. I like her. And she tries to yeah. do a really positive kind of thing. You know, obviously Melissa Rivers also has a legacy as her parent um, was Joan Rivers. And right. so she's trying to be her own person and doing sort of a comedy thing, but also a correspondent thing. And Jacob is a reporter. Jacob is one of the most outstanding journalists in the business. He is covering the border. He was we have so him on constantly to cover you know the caging he was the first one to report on the caging of those babies at the border mm-hmm. so i felt the whole setup of it that was not the panel and also there were no people of color on the panel but that it wasn't that, the right panel. that was my biggest issue to have that conversation with no people of color right. megan should not have even gone there but then no. that speaks to you know everybody everybody can't be a talk show host they can't it depends on you have to have the right producing team around right. you well and it, it also speaks to the fact of i would would ask is there enough diversity at a high enough level on that team to be able to say "Mm, that's not a good idea because if there was nobody who is a black person or a person of color on that team that could have said it then she's it's the blind leading the blind and this just i think this was a great object lesson in why you need diversity on staffs yes you need diversity in the producing team you needed somebody to say to her you know what that might not be a smart segment because x y and z so that if she didn't know someone could have educated her it shouldn't have taken roland martin to come in a day later to explain blackface to a 47 year old grown woman and i promise you before I, i would love to know behind the scenes what conversations were had with her to convince her to even do that apology segment. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't even an entire show. It was just she a just segment. did the same. And but I because I know she was probably I would guess I don't know her so I don't know. But I would not be surprised if she was reluctant to do that because even when Roland and Amy um, Holmes were sitting there talking to her and explaining and breaking this down, she just didn't seem to me, in my opinion, to be receiving to receive it. it. It seemed like it was something that she had to do. And you know what? She, you know, they had put they brought a very large, a very diverse audience, which is interesting. I've never watched the show, so I don't Wasn't know. Wasn't that interesting? I don't know if her audience is usually full of black people and really that big. I don't know, but it was a very conspicuously black audience, and who gave her a standing ovation, et cetera. And that's fine. Oh yeah. And listen, look, who among us? Like we've all had issues of saying things we regret, right? And yeah. having to apologize. Yeah. I've had to do it. Yeah. And so I get that, and I and I feel that anyone who's in public life. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to have to apologize. You're going to do something wrong. You're always going to be in that position. So I don't fault her for that. But my problem is in this day and age in 2018 when race is so at the forefront of all of the challenges we're having in this country when you have a president no. who's attacking constantly black football players and attacking people of color and when people of color are afraid i fault her it's for the that. wrong place I to go i fault her for being um 
having blinders on to what's really going on in this country. At that pay scale, take yeah. those blinders off and be take them off. I, I, it is exactly what people are talking about when you're talking about being entitled. You live in your bubble and you're unaware of what's really going on in this and world. And as a is. journalist, for God's sake, know your history. Yeah, and not just yeah. not in history is the history of all people Absolutely. who are in this country. It's a, it's definitely a lesson in the fact that as Americans, we it can't just be black people who know the history of race in this country. You can't. Everyone has because to know. race in this country is American history. Everyone. Roland kept saying that again and again. He kept saying it is our history. You know this whole blackface thing back to the 1800s. This is American history. Amer- everyone it's should know. It's not it. just black history. You know, but it's not being teached in schools. But even you know what? To me, this isn't something you need to be taught. It should be fairly clear that you shouldn't ridicule someone by painting your face black in order to represent yourself as another race. Listen, I listen. That's pretty obvious. I had I had problems with her from the whole Santa is white moment. Well, she did say Santa is white, which is also not true. It's also not It's not it's, true. It's hurtful when, you know, little black kids who believe that Santa is black and see black Santa at the I mall. I grew up with black Santa. Is that Santa. not Santa? I grew up with black Santa. I grew up with black so, Santa. Hey, we have black Santa on my show every year. Black Santa. I know his, his name is Larry. He's I've met with- him. Ah! He's a real person. He is Black Santa. He literally is on my show every year. Yes. So I know Santa. Black Santa is real. So the reality that she would say Jesus is white, Jesus was from the Middle East, this idea of needing to co-opt the race of important sort of figures either in history or in lore, why do you need to do that? The reason that black kids want Black Santa is because they have a right to also feel invested in the holiday and feel good. Right. So why do you why do you need why to do you say even that? have to say? My yeah. thing to her is she needs to broaden her base of knowledge. Well, she or, is very limited yeah. into what she exposes herself to. Maybe she's reading about certain things, but she needs to express to to broaden her base of knowledge culturally yeah. and really get Clearly. to know people of other races. Clearly, or she's just in the wrong area. That kind of thing. What she wants to do. She can do that at Fox. She was in the Fox. perfect place. She'd do like Glenn Beck and just do her little online yeah, thing. Yeah, at Fox, that would fly because would. believe me, no one would mind. Yeah. It's just that outside, I think one of the things that the right is learning and that you see the sort of anger among them, part of the anger is that they can't fit into the larger culture. Right. The larger culture is tolerant. The larger culture wants to be, even if it's flawed, the bigger culture wants to be tolerant. They, they can't be what they want to be in that larger culture. And so I think this is yet another example of people on the right coming up against the reality that the rest of us exist. Yeah. The people of color are not going to go shrink down and be in the margins. People of color want to also be in the mainstream and actually are the mainstream. We are. Hip-hop is the we mainstream. We are years away Black from being the majority mainstream. of this country. Yeah, and you can't try and to listen, marginalize us. Her kids, if they're not listening to hip-hop now, they, they will soon be. will be. They will be. You know, but, but but my thing is is too, you know, with Megyn Kelly, I have an issue with the fact that NBC hired her in the first place. She's just being who she is. She, she, she there changed. was no surprises. She hasn't changed. Yeah, she came from. Fox She's a conservative, News, and she is a conservative with very controversial beliefs. So the question becomes: Can a conservative be a public conservative in mainstream media? I think you can be. I think you can have conservative values, as my pastor does at mm-hmm. my church, which is predominantly African-American congregation. So he's a conservative, but he's also very in touch with the issues that uh, African-Americans are dealing with. Yeah. So I think you can be, and I think you can be a journalist and do that. 
But I think that yeah, Chris Wallace is a conservative who manages I, to I, pretty much be a journalist. I'm and a be, fan of what he does journalistically. Yeah, and so I think you can at Fox News, it's even a, though he's he at, at he's Fox. the only person at Fox News that I have. Well, respect. he and Shep, I do love. I do love a Shep. Shep I, I love Shep. Shep Smith is my, oh, yeah. he's my favorite Foxy. And Ebony Williams, we love her. We love Ebony and, so, and Jamu Green is our girl. Jimu, she's she's not a conservative. Jamu's a liberal. No, she. But I'm just saying she's over at Fox. But, but I guess true. that's the question: is when you try to take. Fox News style conservatism mainstream, it clearly is very difficult to sell that. Well, conservatism and Fox News conservatism, now those are two very different things. Like my pastor is not a Fox News conservative. Right. He's a conservative of sound mind. Well, remember when, (laughs) remember when Rush Limbaugh tried to have a mainstream show? It didn't work because he still wanted to be able to be racially nasty. He still wanted to be able to say those like nasty racial things. And you can't do that in mainstream. You could do it on right wing radio and you could do it on Fox, but you can't do it in the mainstream. I think that's the lesson here. If she's, she is a Fox News conservative, so Those taking that beliefs, on the road. That's where she fits. Yeah. Bring her Very over to NBC, bring, NBC, bring her over to mainstream. Difficult. I don't get Step what the, they got exactly. Especially in the morning when you're supposed to be fun and dancing Come and cooking. On. And you're supposed to be friendly and approachable and accessible. Mm-mm. Like Tamara Dahl. <laughs> well, and it Al will, Roker. It, Al Roker is great at that. Well, it will be interesting to see what they, what they do with this 9 a.m. slot now. That Very interesting. They're putting repeats in for the rest of this week the reports are that she's out she's not coming back she has lawyered up i don't know if that's just to get the rest of her 60 odd million that she has been promised for her three-year contract which she is a year and a half in um with nothing to keep her from getting that money so it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, you know, Hoda and Kathy Lee are still there. There's still a lot they can do with. You know, mornings are tough, difficult. I mean, when well, I, I hear that up, Hoda and Kathy Lee will get her studio. Yeah, I heard mornings, that's already been spoken for. Mornings are very tough. I used to watch the Today Show every morning of my life, but it was a very different show. Yeah, but that third hour Brian that they Gumbel. did with Tamron and, and oh, I love, um, it was Al Roker, it was a it was a great show. So much fun. And to take it off to make room for her to me was a big mistake. So hopefully, well, Tamron is doing big things. We should say she's going to be over at ABC. She's got a, a huge new talk new show, talk I show. Next fall. And and you know Al is still there. So it's just mornings are difficult. But I think the lesson here is that that Fox News, you know, un PC anti PC right wing ethos. It isn't mainstream. It and isn't so Megan, mainstream. But she got her money, though. She will. Listen, she got, I'm not she, mad at her. She'll never have to work again. Ma- listen, I am not mad at her. Make that money, girl. She ain't never got Get to work your money. Again. I'm not mad at anybody, you know, that's getting a check. We a little mad, but. Not mad at all. I'm not, I, listen, I don't, <laughs> I don't agree with her views, yeah. but if they were foolish enough to give her that deal where there was no kind of clause in there saying that if you behave this way or you say that way, if that's the deal that they agreed to, then shame on him. She gonna get paid. Shame on him. Oh, ka-ching. Okay, now we have a very special guest, a woman who is just one of our favorites. But I'm trying to let Joanne and this woman finish okay. eating because, you know, our listeners are very upset when we eat on the air. They don't like yes, it. They, they like do it. not like it's it. too much information. So it is. And so because we love our listeners yes. and we hear you. We don't want to crunch, crunch, crunch. We don't want to crunch, crunch, One crunch. One time we did it deliberately, though. We were eating chips and we were like, we're going to crunch these chips on the air. Well, because we hadn't eaten. We hadn't and had you know, we well, all have busy schedules. Yes. But let me, so I can pull the voice that you hear into this is Tamika Mallory. She's a mother. She's an activist. She's a co-president of the Women's March Board. She's doing so many things, but she took time out of her busy schedule 
to sit down with us and have a little cocktail, have some Brussels, yes. and just talk about life. It's oh crazy my. right life now. Life is crazy. Oh you came it on is. just the right time. I know. Well, right, wrong. I don't know, but I'm so happy to be here with the two it's of you. It's good to have you. How, have, how have you sisters. been the past couple of days with these bombings? Because you're an oh, activist. You're out there. You exactly. could be considered someone that's on, as they have coined this, like well, Trump the women's march list. is one of the well, things it, that Trump hates I mean, the most. Uh, exactly, and I think for us, we feel like if. Debbie Watson Schultz is a target, then we are like on a higher list somewhere and maybe something else is gonna happen. Like, right. you you know, we don't even think the bomb in the mail is enough. Like, we're scared that the house will blow up. Some, right. You know, you just don't know. Yeah. We're not sure what's gonna happen. What we're not gonna do though is is go run and hide. That's not gonna happen. So I think the good thing about it is that all of us particularly those of us who are in the leadership roles um and 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 by that it's a very small group of people who have committed that we're we're prepared to give our lives for what we believe in so we understand how this works um and that's just the moment that we're in we're facing it right now very clearly and you know yeah i'm not saying i'm not worried about it i have a son he needs to be protected. I, you know, I want to live. But at the end of the day, I realize that these people have so much hate in their hearts that you never know what might happen. So. And, you know, it's interesting because when I have these conversations, I'm sure you have them with your son as well. That next generation, those Gen Y, I guess they would be called, uh, um, don't necessarily have the sense of the kind of overall struggle, right? Because mm -hmm. they've been born into a pretty privileged era Absolutely. for people of color. Yeah. While we still have to fear police, obviously, and things like that, they, the struggle is not as constant for them. Yeah. How do we convince that next generation that they need to be in the fight the way, quite frankly, our parents' generation had to be in it? You know, it's a tough moment right now. I mean, we have so many young people who are like, I don't see how voting is important and how that connects to my day to day. And I've been really trying, what I do know is this, trying to scare them into it is not the answer. Telling, you know, telling them that people died for their rights is not the answer. You have to actually organize young people. You've got to be able to help them understand how it directly connects. Because one thing about them is that they're smarter than we were. Mm -hmm. These young people, they have access time to more at this time. Yeah, to where we were at this time. Exactly. So they're smarter. So you, the, what, what happened, my son said to me the other day, he's 19. And I said, so you need to vote. And, and these are the important people, you know, like, my mom told me these are the folks who are for our issues whatever and he said oh I'm not voting for who you tell me to vote for I never said that to my mother I just went along with what she said because I thought and it wasn't that I was telling him who to vote for but I was just helping him thinking that I know something because I actually do this every day he's like well you know they may not represent what I want so they're very different yeah and you have to be able to sit down with them and help break it down and make it make sense and then go get them and take them to the polls yeah you can't you can't expect them to just go it doesn't nope. work like that you and and I think our parents had to do the same right because yeah. mm -hmm. my mother took me with her in the morning before she went to work to the polls so that has not changed you actually have to make sure they get there and it's a lot of work it's very different because they have this entrepreneurial spirit and this popcorn thing going on where it's like give it to me right now right now they don't understand the process in place and and it's it's difficult but we're 
But I do think that every time a video pops up online where they see a 14-year-old girl in Florida being punched in her side on top of a bush, they it, it, it helps click their minds back into like, okay, wait a minute, there's got to be a bigger fight. And marching is not the only thing right. that we can do. And I yep. think it helps to see the Colin Kaepernick's of the world. Absolutely. To see what Beyonce is stepping into as an artist and now an activist mm-hmm. with, you know, just you know, just the her lyrics, her music, the way that she's employing people, her last tour, um, what that represented when it came to HBCUs and sororities and fraternities. Um, you know, I, I think that there's more out there influencing them than just their parents well, and just the news. Well, then you also have Nick Cannon telling them that they shouldn't vote because... He did what? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he said for the during the presidential. Oh, during the election. presidential, right? But I mean, yeah, yeah I haven't heard him Not come lately. forward okay. and say today. But where is the new strategy? And that that hasn't. So anyway, that's still there. And so when I'm out telling people they need to vote, they need to be a part of the process because I'm on the ground. They're like. I agree with Nick Cannon. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. why should we vote? And I get my brother's point. I understand the frustration that people have that participating in this system, how has it benefited us? Where are we? How do we win from this? And perhaps we ought to abstain and be able to. But unless you organize our people block by block door by door you can't just pull out of a system and then still have to be governed by By the laws and rules of those who actually are participating and they have to realize that it's bigger than them absolutely they have to realize that it's more than them just saying we know this is not going to participate that's how we got trump yeah but they don't people don't think and here's the question maybe you can answer this for you can help me with my existential crisis because (laughs) so we are doing i mean we're down to doing souls to the polls at the show i'm trying to do everything with my little weekend show that i can with my little four hours a weekend but my not question, a little, little. is she cute? No, but it's, it's a little time. But Whatever. what I'm trying to figure right. out is what do we say to young people the day after the election if they're and most let's just be frank, most of us are on the Democratic side, voting right. for the Democratic side. Right. If the Democrats lose, I think which is I very think, likely. I think they're gonna they're gonna say to you. And so if we had put Democrats in there, then what? Like they still don't see how because let's be let's keep it a buck, as young people would Mm -hmm. like to say. Mm -hmm. Okay, you what what has where where have they won? Like what has worked for them in terms of participating in this system? They feel like, you know, Obama it was cool, but there was no coming of, you know, second coming of Christ. Right. That didn't happen. And I get it. I try to tell them, hey, you got to stay at the table. You can't just vote Obama in office and, and then and not. Away. And then you don't vote during the midterms. You're not voting for your school board, you know, and all of that. I tell them that I get it. But and they they kind of hear you. Yeah. So I think this local thing is where we need to focus with young people. Exactly. Right. We need to focus on the local elections is what actually impacts your day to day and get them focused around that. And I think that we're going to see in this particular election cycle a little bit of a wave. Yeah. I think. You know what's interesting? Because, you know, I remember being with you and it was extraordinary just to spend the day watching you do what you do with the Romarley Graham case, which mm-hmm. actually still haunts me, by the way. It's one of, there, there are a few cases I can't, that when I go to sleep at night bother me. Tamir Rice is one. I can't even look at his picture. Oh, the train on Martin case. But Romarley Graham is another one just because of how horrible it was. For those who don't know it, this is a case where a boy was walking home in, in his own neighborhood in New York, chased into his grandmother's apartment and right. killed in front of his six-year-old little brother. So, I mean, just the worst of the worst. The police officer's never been held to account and all that kind of stuff. 
um so yeah. it's the worst it's the worst possible case because there's been no justice for his mom right but i think about the fact that constance the, malcolm I constance malcolm and the biggest success that the resistance has had has been with da's yeah toppling the da who that's just true. refused to get justice right that's for right. michael brown the da who refused to get justice for um laquan mcdonald the da who refused to get justice for tamir it's all gone right. all democrats and that's right. the other issue too because they're right. all great because they have right. a d so are, are people getting focused on the idea that actually the resistance has been very successful at Toplin? I mean, yeah. the Black Youth Project basically took down that DA absolutely. in Chicago. Absolutely, and put our sister Kim Kim Fox, um, Kim Fox in office, and and that was basically Black women, who, young Black young. women who organized the resistance in in that particular, and they and they did it still using protest still using yes. street organizing that was not politically correct and they connected it directly to political power. Yep. So stop saying that the Black Lives Matter movement ain't nothing and these young people are not accomplishing anything because to be quite honest, what we see is that some of these younger movements and 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 and, and like you see city council people in I think one young man who was a protester in Ferguson is now a uh, city council yep. member. So we have we've we've seen a, a sort of i mean there's a balance and and what i i like to tell some of our legacy folks is that if the young people created resistance on the ground and they did that work right so they got the ground shaking and got everybody out there and you as a legacy organizer didn't come in and and secure the rest of it then don't look at the young people they did their part they held the line it was your job to come in and organize and bring us over so we you know we can pass around the blame in this particular moment i do think that you're gonna see a lot more young young black women you know showing up trying to hold down the hold it down for the whole family and trying to bring some young black men up, up, along but you gotta give our young black men a little bit of understanding for why they just wouldn't feel like this system represents them. I get it, but it's like before they become, you know, Generation Y, I mean, I think parents yeah. out there have to start getting their kids civically involved this is true. at a very young oh, age. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I took all my you know what I mean? Right. It was a family a, vote. We yeah. went together. But just not even, not just going Teaching. to the polls, mm -hmm. going to school board meetings, yes. you know, yes. going yes. to city council meetings, like making them understand because if you wait on the teachers in the it's schools, and there are a lot of great teachers. My mm -hmm. mother is a retired teacher, but that can't be the only place that kids are learning about right. the world. And by the way, civics isn't in every school, so a lot of times they're no, not getting it at all. And even and if it is, public school, in public schools, they don't get it's it. not the complete story. At it's all. not what you really it's need not, to and know. And it's not about you. Yes. It's not about you as a young black or brown exactly. person growing up in this society. You know, but I hope that people who have good sense, like, so a young man said to me yesterday, uh, you know, voting doesn't impact my day to day. So I'm like, okay, do you bathe in water? Well, why don't you ask the young people in Flint, Michigan, Flint, Michigan. <laughs> Hello. how a governor has the, uh, the ability to poison you? And he was like, huh? Like, I mean, yeah. literally on Instagram, he's kind of like, okay, well, help me understand a little more about that. And he went into my DMs like, I really don't get it. I'm telling you, today, I was talking to a young woman who was in my personal space. And she said, I, I, don't, I don't know. First of all, do I have to register again? 
because she thought she had to register every time, every time. she voted. Mm-hmm. And she said her girlfriend is the one that told her that you can't vote this time because you didn't register. So I had to make sure she called the girlfriend to correct that. And then I had to tell her, call your friends, whoever else you told that to, and tell them. So there's all kinds of information out here that's just wrong, which speaks to your point right. about c- civic about, engagement and yeah. education. And we have to reach the, you know, for the parents, because, yeah. you know, they that know. a lot of parents don't, they know, don't know right yeah. you know in our community and so we have to make sure that for their kids that there's some there needs to be some kind of program that's teaching people and reaching people that aren't showing up at rallies right and aren't exactly. watching Not, am yes, joy exactly. and just aren't showing up in that way we've got to reach those people in some there has to be some kind of way if if you look you know 20 30 years down the line it's worth investing in in those kids and in right. those families now. But can we talk about the fact, and we're all, we all live in New York, um, why is it so hard to register in New York? New York it's has ridiculous. no early vote. New York has no same-day registration. New York, so you think about the fact that we know that Republican states restrict the right to vote, but we don't talk enough about the fact that there are a lot of Democratic-run states that are not making it that easy to vote either. It is unbelievable that New York is one of these places that, and, and you would think that Cuomo, during his time being governor, that he would have made sure that we change some of these things, that early voting is like a real thing here in the city right. because um, you have to vote by absentee ballot, which is a, that's not the same thing as people being able to show. And someone told me yesterday, well, you can early, I know that it's not early voting. You're hoping your absentee ballot gets counted. Right. It's not the same thing. And you have have time to go all the way down to the Division of Elections to do it. Exactly. Oh, well, that's an, and why is it that I'm not able to register and vote at the same time? This is New York City. Exactly. What is the problem? So stop, let's stop acting like, again, this democratic thing is so good for our people as well. And I, but my position is this here. This is my, I'm going to put my activist hat on. Until we, yeah, do you take that? Yeah, I do take it off sometimes. Yes, I do. That was it was off a little bit for a second, but I'm gonna put it on and say this: when I see black folks all over my on the gram, because I love Instagram, it's my favorite space. And when they get on there and they start telling me about, oh, we don't need to vote and we need to figure out some independent way to go about, okay, cool. And I'm the nationalist and I'm the, okay, great. You're all that. And I'm with you. Ungawa black power. But we can't even stop going to the Waffle House when a young woman by the name of Shakisha Clemens Mm -hmm. was was assaulted by police officers. So how are we going to vote together in another party when we can't even decide that this particular corporation is not good for our communities or we're not going to watch football? We're not going to watch the the NFL, you know, and we're not going to support the NFL anymore after Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. We can't do that together. That's what I'm saying. We're all over the place. We're all All over the place. place. And we need to be honest about that. Yeah, we are. It's hard for us to organize. It has been for a long time, post-civil rights, you know, movement. But let me ask you just on a a personal note, because you're very busy, as are we, so we get it. How do you self-care? Y'all cute, too. Y'all got to see. Uh, They over here cute. (laughs) Glasses popping. self-care how do you make sure that you are mentally in a Mm. good place you know physically in a good place and that because you're stretched yeah in a lot of different directions and what you're involved in is very stressful yeah I mean you know I think the self-care question is like if I figure it out I'll get the Nobel Peace Prize (laughs) for like you know figuring out how to I don't know but here's the deal I'm a black woman who has a black family 
and and many of my black family members live in Alabama and North Carolina. They are hilarious. Hila- you know black folks from the South. There's no one funnier than mm-hmm. these folks. And so we laugh. They call. They My mom snaps me out. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't come in here talking about and being fast and moving fast. And you got to go. And you doing, uh-uh. I need you to sit down. And you're not important to Mika Mallory in here we all we all won and before you know it I end up breathing just breathing being around my family my son is my light and so half the time I'm cussing him out so I guess that's a little bit of self-care too because I just put it all it's on him it's therapeutic to cuss it's him out therapy. Therapy. need it need Definitely. it yes and then the last thing you know and obviously I have a great guy um, and he's very supportive, Don Coleman. He's very supportive and been supportive for 10 years. But the last thing is like, I'm trying to change this narrative that in order to be in the movement, you have to have your skirt down to your ankles. You can't have fun and you need to, you know, because first of all, that's a lie that most people are trying to make you think that they're living this perfect life and they're not. And they're they're probably miserable because they're faking jacks. Mm -hmm. I'm not faking jacks. I still turn up. I wear Daisy Dukes, you know, in the summertime. Mm -hmm. I'm doing me. I'm enjoying being young as much as I can. Um, And still, so I'm wearing my red bottoms to the march. You know, if that means anything. But you, I mean, hold on a second. See, I, now, this is going to be my issue with the red bottoms to the mark. Yeah. Because red bottoms. They hurt. Lo- they hurt. They hurt. They're the worst shoes well, on I, the I, I mean, but then I'll put on like my Air Max 3.7. Like, I got, you know, you can what switch saying? it up. I'm in here. I yeah. can switch it I up. I got my Air some Max. Red bottoms, but I, got, I have it all. I'm just saying the point is whatever I feel, that's what I'm doing. Right. And I'm not letting anybody take that from me. I get my right. face beat yes. as much as I want. Well, your Instagram is that. I, what I do, and I love about what you do specifically, and there, there are a lot of young women from the, the women who were, yeah. who made the Women's March hot. Let me just go keep it real because the Women's March was, what? Yeah, no, we know not? Joy. Okay, we so already know along. Joy was but, like, uh, uh, not a joke. <laughs> you, you all came along and made it hot. And what, what what you all did was injected life into it. You injected, obviously, they needed people of color. They needed right. women of color Absolutely. to be a part of it. But what you do specifically is you can speak to my kids mm. because you are on your Instagram being a real person. Yeah, I'm and then we have to not make activism something so alien. I think Brie Newsom does it too. Yeah, she you does. Have it's a lot yeah, of people. Does. Simone, Brittany, pa- Brittany yeah, Pagnet Brittany, does it. Yeah. Like, right? And but, I think that's important. It's important. Because I really honestly think the other thing that has been working for the resistance is younger people. When Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says something, that's different from when I say it. She's their age. She's young. But you know what I'm saying, though? This is the second thing. You said your show is short. (laughs) And now you talk about younger people. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. I can't. No, but it's real, though, Jackie. You know it's real. When people people can project. People still see you as being a young woman in this work. And you're super intelligent. So what we're doing is going to your show we're getting all the talking points we're getting our minds in order and then we go out into the world feeling empowered you have to understand your power she's and a part of the why process you're a part a of part. this but thing. more importantly is the people who are doing the work and we love what you're doing to yeah, me you love, love what you and what she said let me translate let you translate for her, you are a very important part of the process but Tamika what she's saying is that you and people like you you know speak to the, the the younger generation and that you connect with them because of how you express yourself you. um, through social media yeah. and how you connect with them which is important yeah, yeah. you know so what I mean? not says march, my son we ready to march in one two <laughs> now, big oh, thing. now y'all want to march like, march. <laughs> not, not in red bottoms, bottoms. <laughs> we ain't marching in 
Red bottom. I'm sorry. I'm giving you no. a record that when we were marching two years ago, everybody was like, listen, tell them white ladies to go. They need a march for themselves. And yeah. that's true. And I never I, I, I didn't take it personal. Like I would say to the white ladies, what these black women are saying is real. Yeah. And you got to show them that they that you deserve for them to bring energy into this and you know what not all of them have succeeded but i have to say people like bob bland and yeah. sophie elman uh uh and 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 i, I could go on brianne butler i mean there's a number of white right. women across the country who cassidy finley who have been working hard to to try to flip this narrative that Feminism does not represent all women. Right. And they've been trying to take a back seat. And even they will say at times, like, I need to stop showing up. You know, I need to right. I need to back up. They a are the forty seven percent. They are they are the forty seven percent. And even in the forty seven percent it's stressful, you know, but their job and they know it and I tell them their job is to go get the 53%. Forget about trying to organize me because black women right. are ready. We always ready. ready. But, if, but those women that are smiling behind Donald Trump when he's saying that he's a nationalist, like a white man who declares nationalism is probably one of the most dangerous, as the president, is the most dangerous white man in America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seriously. And so that's who you need to get the lady who was behind him like, woohoo, yeah. That's your aunt. That's your cousin. That's your mother. That is what I have been saying to people as I have been speaking and going on talk shows and things like that. It is there are people that are sitting next white people sitting white women sitting next to you and me. That's Everybody right. thinks that they're in trailer parks and that they're <laughs> not no. educated and they're mm -mm. these toothless women out there that are voting for <laughs> Trump. Oh, no. no. Nope. It is women that are well educated, yes. MIT Business graduates, women, Harvard doctors. graduates, they're, they're on doctors TV. Like, they're on TV. Yes. And they're sitting next to us, and we have to say to them, you know, you have to challenge you them. You can't, listen, and, and they say, well, I don't talk to my aunt anymore because, no, I, listen, mm -mm. black folks talk don't get her. the opportunity to not talk to. We still got to talk to Ray Ray when he say ignorant stuff like really? he's yes. not going to vote. We still got to sit there and listen to him. Did you hear what Chelsea Handler said recently no, on Ellen DeGeneres' no. show? She said it this week, which I thought was really interesting because she has been really vocal in just getting people out to vote. She said this week that everybody needs to just follow the lead of black women. That's it. She That's said it. not only are we in the trenches getting and organizing and mobilizing people to get to the polls, she said but the issues that we rally behind are issues that benefit everybody. 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 And we because the Hillary Clinton question. So I wasn't a Hillary person at all. But when it came down to the end, we knew what we had to do. That's it. Like yeah. it was, there was no option. I will and we never did forgive vote. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, no. Yeah, and we did not vote for Hillary for just ourselves. No, it was for the greater good of yes. America. Everybody. Right. And was can we benefited. just make the point that for about I don't know two hundred and forty years, black people have never had two had two good choices. Never. It's not like we've ever had two good we've options. We've never had two. With Ob well, yeah, Obama. Obama. Most of the Obama. time, Obama. But, yeah. Okay. Other than Obama. Other than yeah. LBJ. JFK, no, 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 a few. No, no. Don't, don't even name those. A few. Just Obama. And even in that situation, Obama was unable to do a lot of the things that he tried to do and things right. that we wanted him to do. But why? Because Congress. of the Congress. Because you better vote for people Congress. People do yeah. not vote in midterm Thank elections. Yes. Gave this away thing six is states. all connected. It and is. Like you said, midterms, local elections, yes. those are the things. That's what we as black people have to really start focusing on. Control Absolutely. the Congress, control the country. That's I just keep right. trying to tell I people know. the presidency is nice. 
control the Congress, you control the country. And you control the district attorney's office. And the district attorney's office. And these local judges. Oh, so did you see? Did you, okay, we got so much to talk about. The, while we were over there fighting Kavanaugh, you know that they, they got about 80 plus federal judges. Yeah. In place, and on, who in, made on that the deal? Courts. Who made that Chuck deal? Chuck Schumer, Charles Schumer, Chuck Schumer, who Democratic is the New York senator. senator, and the head of the Democrats, and the head the of the Democrats. Okay, yeah. he was the one that mm-hmm. cut a deal with um, the Republicans Correct. to put over eighty federal judges. Now, let's talk. Let's talk about how that. How does that play into our issues? Federal judges is how our people are going to federal prison. We're Correct. filling up the prisons. So don't tell me that your votes don't count. And once they you put them on, do. when do they come off? Never. Never. Till til death Til's do us death. part. We have uh-huh. to deal with them. And so. by the way, and I'm going I know we get in the rap signal, but for all my friends out there on, on the Democratic side, progressives who are saying, why doesn't Nancy Pelosi stand down? I have two words for you. Chuck Schumer. Chuck why don't you Schumer. ask Chuck Sh- right. about him? Yes, why don't ask Chuck about Schumer? That. Oh, no, no. We getting ready to go to work on Chuck Schumer, Doc. <laughs> Trust what I'm telling you. Just I'll be back up here again. We're going to work Part on him two. because he has not. Nah, he hasn't stood up. He has not been. As far as I'm concerned, this is a we're in war. Yeah. And you can't show up in war talking about being diplomatic because they're not being diplomatic. No. So that's that. But January 19th okay. of 2019 will be the next Women's March. Okay. Two years. We're going back to Washington because we think they forgot. So we got to bring it back again. So I am hoping that every Lottie Dottie and everybody show up in Washington. Let's not make this the white ladies versus the any black, brown, white, red, everything. We need to be in Washington to say that we have not forgotten and all this stuff that they've been doing we need to show up and let them know we're organized we're strategic we're mobilized and we're headed straight towards 2020 Amen. and they can hang it up yeah yeah we Man. gotta focus you on like that. anybody for 2020 i don't know you know what i'm gonna just say quickly that i don't know yeah that's, that's i mean i just don't know yeah. you know that's I, real i love come i love Kamala Harris, it's too, but it's, it's too, just it's too too early. It's real early. It's scary, and it, everything is yeah, all we need over to, the place. November 6th has to get taken care of first. Let's yeah, take care of yeah, November 6th. It does. All right. And January 19, 2019, we will all be there. Yes, Thank we will. Not in our red bottoms. Not, we'll be not there. in our red They well, have red bottom sneakers. You never know. Sneakers. And you yeah. are sitting, right? I'll You're an anchor over there. Things. I'll be my wearing red bottoms. Tamika Mallory, thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank y'all for having me. You may sip your cocktail. Yes, yes. Love y'all. Well, thank you. We got to go because we both have events to go to. Yes, I'm late to mine. Yeah, I am too. Um, But we wanted to say thank you to our guest, Tamika Mallory, who we love so much. Follow her on social media. Um, she's on Instagram at Tamika D. Mallory. She Twitter, does an Instagram, Tamika y'all. D. Mallory. She really does. And she's on Facebook at Tamika D. Mallory. Spelled That's like right. you think it's spelled. Just like you think it's spelled. And you can also follow us on social media, meaning Facebook and Instagram. And read this, read that on Twitter. Leave off the last T for savings. And you can catch my cousin on MSNBC this weekend on AM Joy, Saturday and Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. And you will be in the chair both days this weekend. This weekend, I'm not you know, going to Jamaica. You're not in Come Jamaica. On. No. You're, you're there. Medea. Medea. You're going to birthday be there. parties and whatnot. <laughs> I'm going to be there. You and that fam. I'm going to be there. You can catch Jackie Reed on the Tom Jordan Morning Show. That's not the song. It's the Tom Joyner Morning Show. It's Every- oh, oh, oh. That's the part you got to go. Oh, oh, oh. It's the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Every Tuesday and Friday at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also catch Jackie on NBC's New York Live. We 
weekdays at 1130 a.m. 1130 a.m. EST. And if you happen to be in Boston, because why wouldn't you be? You can catch Jackie on NBC's The Hub Today weekdays at 1230 p.m. EST. And if you're listening to Sirius Radio this weekend, please tune in to my new show, Inside Her Story. Inside Her Story. Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 9 a.m. Do we? Yes, yes, yes. I have that whole paranormal witchy poo thing going on. I will be tuning in because you I'm obsessed to. with ghosts. I'm going to pass this book on to you. I'm going to take all my little notes Take your out. notes out. So you don't <laughs> but I underline bias my everything. reading. I'm, I can't wait to talk to her. I'm excited to read the book but when you're done. You better watch your phone tonight because you will be FaceTiming, Skyping with me tonight until I go to sleep. <laughs> Don't, don't worry care. about it. I got you. I got and you. And don't let your children scare me. I'll be wa- I watched Halloween 4 last night. I might be watching the next See, Halloween. See, that's because you have a house full of people. That's true. I have dogs that's who true. just bark at the at air. Everything, yeah. At something. Maybe it's they're like, barking. Go. Stop it. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> don't be